Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone. I'm Teresa Breeden, and I am the co-chair of our Educational Planning Committee. Um, and I'd like to thank you for coming tonight to listen to our um, topic with TSA. And I'd like to remind everyone to keep their um, mute buttons on and only raise your hand if you have a question. And either Allison or um, Maria, uh, Marie will call on you for your answers. Um, so I will hand this over to Terry and let her do the introducing. Well, hello, everybody. How are we? Ah, yes, we're going to be going through TSA, but as most of you guys remember, we have done this before. We used to fly all the time with Out of Sight Adventures, and I am so honored and so excited that we have Marie Tautier from TSA, and instead of listening to me talk, because you guys get to hear that a lot, let's Marie introduce yourself. Marie, how are you tonight? Thank you so much for all the 550 airports and all you do. We are so excited you're here with us. Thank you, Terry. I appreciate it. And uh, this is Marie Trottier. I am a senior policy advisor and the outreach and engagement program manager within the Transportation Security Administration. I'm based in headquarters near Washington, DC in the Civil Rights Division. And I am honored and happy to be with all of you this evening. And so thank you for the invitation. Um, we actually have 450 airports and not 550. We have uh, 60,000 plus officers throughout the airports that do screening each and every day. So I'm here to share a little bit of information um, about TSA screening of travelers with disabilities and medical conditions and to answer any questions that you might have. So overall, the mission of TSA is to protect the nation's transportation systems to ensure freedom of movement for people in commerce. Again, now that we are post-pandemic uh, and conferences are happening and uh, travel is personal travel is happening and everything else, um, we are now screening 2.5 million travelers a day across those two, 450 airports at TSA. And we're about to come up to very busy summer travel from Memorial Day to Labor Day. So what are the operations of TSA? Again, it's the over 450 federalized airports across all 50 states, as well as Puerto Rico, the US Virgin Islands, Guam, Samoa, and the Northern Mariana Islands. There are approximately 60,000 TSA officers on the front line. More than 2 million travelers with their belongings are screened each and every day. Again, we're screening for weapons, explosives, and other hazardous items to keep these items off of airplanes. All TSA officers receive training with emphasis on treating passengers with dignity, respect, and sensitivity. TSA PreCheck is a program that's an expedited screening program and generally has shorter lines and wait times. Travelers with TSA PreCheck do not need to remove shoes, 311 liquids, belts, light jackets, or laptops at the participating airports. TSA officers may swab your hands, your mobility aid, your equipment, or other external medical devices to test for explosives. Footwear may undergo additional screening, 
but not required to remove. You can request to be seated at any time during the screening at the checkpoint. And again, there's a significant amount of information about pre-check and enrollment centers on our main webpage of tsa.gov. An important program for all individuals with disabilities and medical conditions and others who may need assistance going through our checkpoints is TSA CARES and the Passenger Support Specialist Program. TSA.gov provides information about what travelers may expect during screening and how to prepare. TSA CARES is a toll-free helpline. It provides information on screening procedures pertaining to those with disabilities and medical conditions. Representatives are available from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. on weekends and holidays. You can call that line to you know, ask questions or request assistance. And then TSA CARES does coordinate the assistance through the checkpoints via the Passenger Support Specialist or PSS program for all travelers. The PSSs are TSA officers with advanced training on helping individuals with disabilities, medical conditions, or other circumstances through the screening checkpoint. PSS is open to all travelers who may need assistance. The level of service will be based on the airport resources. Travelers are encouraged to call TSA CARES no less than 72 hours ahead of travel so that TSA CARES has the opportunity to coordinate that checkpoint support. And then when you arrive at the TSA checkpoint, you uh, give the TSA officer your name and say that you have requested and confirmed a PSS, and then that person will meet you at the checkpoint and assist you through the screening process. Within the Office of Civil Rights and Liberties Ombudsman and Traveler Engagement, the Disability and Multicultural Branch serves as the primary point of contact within TSA for reviewing, conducting inquiries and making final determinations regarding passenger complaints that are alleging discriminatory conduct within TSA's screening procedures. We are also responsible for outreach with disability and multicultural coalition member organizations. We create and provide training for the field and for the public. We review and support all TSA and DHS policies. We conduct intergovernmental outreach specifically regarding the protection of civil rights and again, the, we, the coordination of the TSA Passenger Support Specialist Program and the, and the Language Access Program are all done through the Civil Rights Office. And so I'm going to open it up now to any questions or any specific information that you'd like me to share with you this evening. Wow. Thank you so much, Marie, for all that information. Um, and since I'm facilitator tonight, I'm going to um, go ahead and ask a question. And well, really, I've got two questions. One, um, we have several of us that are online um, that are here as diabetics that use insulin pumps and medications. What are the number one things that we need to do to have the best experience between our TSA agents and ourselves so we can make us smooth because we do need needles um some of us have insulin pumps and what do you what do you recommend how we can best pack and communicate 
Great question. Uh, absolutely great question. And certainly um, more and more travelers, um, you know, are traveling with um, insulin pumps, other medical equipment, uh, needles, medications, all of those things. So a couple of things is in terms of your, and, and again, I know you're all savvy travelers, but in terms of your pre-planning um, is, is get familiar um, with uh, TSA.gov, specifically under the section of disabilities and medical conditions, because we update that all the time. You know, we update that all the time for any procedural changes or any other information that we want the traveling public um, to be aware of, especially individuals with disabilities and medical conditions. The other thing as well is I do recommend that you do call TSA CARES and ask for a passenger support specialist um, just to help get you through uh, the checkpoint um, with that level of assistance who's going to understand, who's going to have that um, additional training and additional training on you know engagement with you as well to understand how to assist you um, as you're having to, you know, unpack and put things um, on the x-ray belt, uh, talking to the officers, going through the screening um, and those kinds of things. So I think in that situation, and then also I, again, uh, recommend that if there's anything that, that, again, maybe something changed in the past two days before you travel or something like that, that, that again, not with the travel document checker, not with the first officer where you present your ID and your boarding pass, but once you get to that screening officer, if there's anything that you want that screening officer to know uh, directly from you on your behalf as, as being your own best self-advocate, to please share that information, uh, again, to give it, you know, a, a just a better experience for you and also for that officer because every person, um, you know, with a disability, as we know, is, is completely individual and different. Does that help answer what you're asking, Terry? Yeah, Marie, thank you so much. And the other one, someone had emailed me, wanted to clarify, do you recommend spending the extra 75, I believe, for pre-TSA check? TSA pre-check. Um, yes. I, I actually do. Um, and, and again, uh, from a standpoint that because of the fact that, you know, I myself have a physical disability. Um, and again, I had TSA pre-check before I uh, moved from Boston to DC to work for TSA. And it's just so much easier, um, you know, with my disability to not have to take shoes off and everything else and not have to take my laptop out of the bag and those kinds of things. So, and again, um, just so you know, is the cost of TSA pre-check, which again, just, just came down. I mean, the price was just recently reduced is only for that background check. But once you go through that background check, um, and then you have TSA pre-check, you know, for the full three years, uh, in that situation, you get what's called a known traveler number, a KTN, and you put that, you know, in the airlines on every reservation, and then TSA pre-check will print on your boarding pass, um, and then again, you will get that expedited screening uh, each time you travel. Wow, that's very informative. What is the number uh, for TSA care again? What is the best method to communicate? I'm very blessed. I live in Orlando and I previously used to be traveling a lot. <laughs> so I had clear and then, you know, TSA. Um, what would you recommend people to put down a phone number or the easiest way to get their TSA care status? So certainly to be able to request that TSA information or TSA uh, uh, CARES assistance is 
1-855-657-2227. I'll go through that one more time. 1-855-787-2227. Thank you so much. I, I, I have a feeling you've done that before. You did it nice, slow, and clear. Thank you so much. Um, so... On a personal note, how long have you worked for TSA and where do you, you feel um, are the hot spots, you know, like you would recommend for, you know, traveling? There are some people that are on the call, but you know what? Let me stop talking and let's see if we have any raised hands. Oh, we do. We do have raised hands. Yes. Okay. Okay. Then let's do that. There is one more question that someone sent me earlier. Okay. What do you do if your ID, because here in Florida and the majority of the states have the eight year ID now, and you've gone through some changes, your hair's longer, um, you know, there might be different things. You may look a lot different than your ID. And if you don't have your sight, how often, you know, what is, what is the process if you're not quite the similar um, as your ID? I mean, I, I remember the ID reads, you know, your height and the color of your hair, but, you know, sometimes people like to change the color of their hair with their shoes. I don't know, for the summer. Um, what do you, what is the policy and the procedures and, and what can we be prepared as a traveler if we all of a sudden tried to color our hair and it comes out like Barney purple. Yeah, well, coloring your hair isn't so much going to be uh, any kind of, of issue. So your hair, your hair can be, you know, Barney purple, you know, hot pink, um, you know, lime green, you know, uh, fluorescent yellow, and then you'll be fine. It's more a situation of does the photo in the ID look like the person standing or sitting in front of them if somebody's a wheelchair or mobility scooter user. So is the person, and, and again, this is the first officer you'll encounter at the travel document checker. Um, so that officer is going to be looking at your boarding pass and your ID, and they're looking to see that the person in front of them, um, you know, is, is who is in the ID. Now, if it's just a situation of four, five, six years, um, unfortunately, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're all aging. And so in that situation, right, for, for states or territories that have longer term IDs, um, I think it's just one of those situations that you're still going to resemble who that person is. I mean, color of hair doesn't matter. Um, you know, you were wearing different clothing on the day that you were, your photo was taken for your ID. So those things are not going to matter. It's, it's more a situation of, you know, typically more applicable to men, but somebody who you know, may have had a full beard and mustache in their license or ID photo, that's completely clean shaven now. But again, you know, it's one of those things that that travel document checker, that first TSA officer uh, may ask if you have a, another ID or, um, or another, you know, photo ID, credit card or something else um, to show in that situation. But, you know, again, it just needs to be a fairly close match. Thank you, Marie. So, Allison, how many hands do we have up? So far, Terry and Marie, we have four hands. Let's um, do this. Are you ready, Marie? I'm ready. All right. Who's our first hand raiser? First up, we have a telephone number 407, ending in 768. Please um, star... Star six, six, and they are... Uh, 
You're unmuted. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's me. So Hi, my me. question. What's your name, me? <laughs> me? I'm me. I'm Shirley. <laughs> hey, Shirley. Where are you calling from tonight? I'm uh, in the uh, Orlando area, Winter Springs, Florida. Oh, hey, we're almost neighbors. Great. Yeah, I, I think we've met you before. Your name's Terry, correct? Yes, ma'am. Well, let's okay. let's go ahead and ask okay. Marie your question. Yes. Okay. Um, what I wanted to know is this. Um, I have um, the pre-check, and normally, most of the time, um, I do travel with my husband, um, but because he has a lot of stuff to carry and things like that. I always get uh, some assistance in going through, um, you know, usually uh, I, I get somebody to help us get to the gate and all that stuff. And so I guess my major question is, is it, is it worthwhile or is there a valid reason for me still to, to go through this PSA cares and get one of those, people to assist me, um, you know, instead of, um, just one of the people who normally, um, you know, help somebody, uh, walk through or wheelchair through the area or whatever, or in conjunction with that, or, um, what do you recommend as far as that goes? Cause I have not used the TSA cares. I had the phone number at one point and lost it. So now I have it again. So do okay. you recommend using that or should I just stick with what I've been doing? Well, and again, that's a really good question. And again, um, let's let's separate up because there are three different um, entities at any airport. There's the airport authority that owns the real estate and everything else. And then there are the, you know, the multiple airlines. And when you're in places like Orlando, um, you know, Boston, New York, Washington, D.C., uh, we've got multiple airlines at these airports. And so the wheelchair assist is coming from the airline. Um, but again, you know, the wheelchair assist, um, you know, is is not going to be doing the same things as a passenger support specialist. So the passenger support specialist is more you know, if you need that extra assistance, if you've got, you know, insulin pumps, glucose monitors, other medical equipment, um, you know, you, you may have, you know, had surgery four weeks ago, um, other kinds of things where you, you're carrying more than typical and to get and to get you through TSA security. So again, I think that's a personal, it's a great question, but it's a personal choice of, you know, with just the wheelchair attendant, um, you know, from the air, from the airline, you know, does that work well for you? Or do you really need that individualized assistance with getting through TSA screening? Okay, if if I have the TSA screening, am I still gonna um, qualify for having the the wheelchair assistance? Yes, or is it one yes, or you other? are. Yes, you are. You, yes, because they're they're two different entities. The, the wheelchair. Yeah, I understand from, that. Right. No, and again, only because I mean, for me, it's one of those things that that you know I'm completely ambulatory. But in that situation, when I'm going to the airport and long you know walks in the airport, I use the wheelchair assistance for sure. But in the situation. Right of you know using TSA cares to get through TSA because that officer is going to meet you at the checkpoint but that officer is also going to leave you you know at the end of the checkpoint once you've cleared through ah. TSA screening but that's a great okay. question yeah Marie you can have both thank, thank you, you so much and thank you so much for that question um reminder 72 hour minimum of calling is there a maximum time before travel 30 days I think 
I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I would I would say uh, in a situation there, it's it's personal preference. Um, I don't know too many people that are completely ready 30 days out. But part of it, too, is the other thing I do want to say is we do understand that, you know, there could be a family emergency. Um, there could be a you know an appointment with a specialist, you know, in Chicago or New York or someplace, um, you know, in, in that situation. If you need to call less than 72 hours in advance, just tell them. I mean, just tell just tell the, the agent at TSA cares like I, I know that I'm supposed to call 72 hours in the head. You know, but, you know, my my mother just you know, went into the hospital you know, and I need to get to St. Louis as soon as possible. Um, and I really need TSA cares to assist me. So could, those could of us that please. Re oh, go I'm ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. Could go you ahead. please repeat the hours of that phone line one more time? I certainly will. One moment, because I ha I don't have those memorized, Shirley, and I know that I'll get points off for my presentation for that. So it's <laughs> 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. Monday through Friday, and that's Eastern time. 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, and 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. weekends and holidays. Okay, thank you for your time. My pleasure. Okay, that was an excellent conversation. And we'll make sure to do a wrap up um, regarding these numbers and post it on our website. Okay, um, Teresa, um, who's next? Next up, we have Mary Beth. Thanks, Allison. Hey, Mary Beth, You're how welcome. are you tonight? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Albany, New York. Oh. And I was just wondering, actually, I have two questions. you want just one question at a time? Please. Well, let's, yeah. Yeah, let's do one question at a time, please. Sure, that's <laughs> fine. My, um, my first my question is, uh, as far as, you know, um, what is the average length of processing time if you want to obtain one of those um, known traveler numbers? And um, could you just describe the process? How do, how do I begin, say, if I was going to apply and begin tomorrow, about how soon would it? be you know before the thing was processed it can actually be used thank you okay no that's a great question mary beth so for tsa pre-check um if you filed an electric if you filed a, an online application tomorrow and let's see tomorrow is is thursday the thursday. 11th of may um to, to, tomorrow's thursday the 11th of may so i would say that you know you should receive an acknowledgement to your application and then you know if anything is um is missing you'd get a follow-up communication I would say generally four to six weeks because the other thing that we'll need I mean, on average, understanding that we're coming up to Memorial Day and, you know, and, and a lot of travel. But the other thing sure. that, that for me just to share openly um, with you, uh, Mary Beth, that you would need to do um, is once your application is ready to go through, then you will need to go to um, an airport or another TSA pre-check processing center near you uh, because they need to do the photo and your fingerprints. So does it make more sense if, if you know, to just go to the airport and file that way? Is that quicker or not quicker? Um, well, again, you can, you can go online to TSA PreCheck and look where the processing centers okay. are if there's one near you. And I would call okay. with your very same questions because like going to the you know Department of Motor Vehicles, some days are busier than others or you don't want to go like at the end of the month or whatever. Uh, but again, I would also 
um, you know, if you're comfortable, I mean, just self-identify, um, you know, as a person and what your disability sure. is and, and see if yeah. they would, you know, accommodate you more in that way. But that's a great question. I mean, that's, uh, that's okay, what so I on the web is that it... option was there. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Sorry. So um, is it, so is there a web address for that? Um, for the application gov and just type in pre-check because it is a, a TSA okay. program. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, and okay. then I'll hold my next question until everybody else is done. Is that okay? No, no, you know, you're, you're, you're on. You go ahead, Mary Beth. You ask a question. Okay. Um, I travel with a guide dog and um, as, as I'm sure you know, already know, there's been lots of changes um, because of the new, uh, well, relatively new Department of Transportation policies. Are there any changes as far as um, TSA policies? No, there are not. Well, that's good news. Thank you. Right. There are not. <laughs> that was wonderful. And if, and, if you, you. If you, and if you hear of any, I want your organization emailing me, please. Oh, we, we will. will. Oh, we <laughs> will. Okay. We will. Yes, we will. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. That was great questions. Um, did somebody, can someone look at the notes? Did someone just put a comment in the comment section? Yes, they did. It's Nina okay. Kagan who said that she completed her known traveler application at a local Staples. Oh, well, thank but you. Again, Nina. That, that would have been a pop-up situation because that's very unusual from my perspective. Um, so in that situation, I would I would not endorse that of like, don't go to your Staples tomorrow and think that you can file a, a, a TSA pre-check application. I know that they'll take you can go to Staples as a location to get your passport picture. Um, if you need a picture for the okay. TSA yeah, application, right. um, but um, they might have the paperwork for you to start. Yeah. We take, okay. we take the pictures afterwards. It's different than the passport. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, All right. You were lucky though, Nina, because I would have loved to have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Allison, who's our next hand? Our next hand is a telephone number, 508, ending in 613. You may unmute and tell us who you are and then go ahead with your question Hello, or comment. this is Jane Perry from Falmouth, Massachusetts on Cape Cod. Hey, um, how are you? I'm pretty good. Hanging in there. I've been in the hospital over the weekend, but I'm doing okay. Uh -huh. Nothing too serious. Thank you for asking. Um, I was a frequent traveler prior to the pandemic and I use TSA cares and also the airport personnel both of them together and it was a very good experience they even met me I have to take a bus to go from Cape Cod up to Logan or to Providence and I called and then 72 hours before my flight I called again which I always do double check everything and I told them I was coming on a bus. They said, what bus are you coming on? What terminal are you getting off of? What airline are you going on? Next thing I know, when I got off the bus, there was someone next to the bus driver saying, I'm looking for Jane Perry. So they met me at the bus, getting off the bus, walked me all the way to the gate and through the checkpoint. My two concerns, as someone who has now no vision, travels with a white cane, and has multiple di uh, disabilities and is a healthcare professional. When I go through the actual security, okay, and I don't have the, I just found out tonight about the, the pre-check. Um, they have gloves on, okay? They do not change the gloves. 
So they used to touch my CPAP machine, my laptop, but I was really concerned about my CPAP machine. And so now, um, the last time I flew, I brought baggies and put everything in a baggie because they don't change their gloves. That is a big eyesore for someone who's a healthcare professional. I bring my own gloves now. So I would like to make that point to you and put that into educational points, people, because it is a healthcare issue. So thank you very much for listening, and um, I'll be looking to the pre-check information. And again, my other question is, if someone has this, my girlfriend just flew to Hawaii, and she just got a BiPAP machine, and she didn't know if she was able to get any distilled water for her machine, so I said, Linda, just bring it in a little container, like a lock and lock or a Tupperware container, and lock on it. Um, water for CPAP machine. And they told her she could not do that. So that's the other question I have. What is there specific directions that we need to let people know that we have a respiratory equipment that we don't want people to touch? And also about making sure that we have able to um, bring fluids that we need to have through checkpoint. Thank you. Yep, Marie, thank after, you. after you're done, I as a healthcare licensed respiratory therapist, I will like to add something to that when you're done. But yeah, okay. go for it, Marie. Okay, thank you. Um, Jane, um, I love Falmouth, Massachusetts. Uh, my in-laws live there. And so I spent many a, a wonderful time uh, on Falmouth. And it's one of the things I miss about living here and not living in Boston anymore. So I appreciate you Aww. being here. And I, I completely understand. I completely understand. It's country down here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. It's God's country. It's absolutely stunning. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of it in, in, you know, just in terms of envisioning it right now. Um, and also, I completely understand in terms of needing to ride the bus. So first of all, uh, you haven't flown since the, the pandemic, right? That's correct. Okay. So the, the situation is there there have been updated procedures and whatever that their offices are required to change their gloves. And it's also a situation as well um, that if you feel that they haven't changed their gloves, you can stop them and ask them to change your gloves because it's a CPAP or a BiPAP um, or other medical equipment. So in that situation, um, there are updated procedures that they are required to do that, but also at traveler request, um, they are to do that as well. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, to clarify there. Um, and, and in terms of um, distilled water, because I also have a CPAP machine. And so um, what I will say is traveling with water, um, it, it needs to be, in, I mean, if it's in carry-on, it needs to be in really small, like 311 liquid containers. Huh. What I have done is I have gotten, um, uh, I have gotten like Rubbermaid or really secure seal uh, bottles type of thing that I've put distilled water in because the same thing for me, whether I'm traveling for work or pleasure, I don't know how quickly I'm going to be able to get distilled water, you know, at my travel destination. Um, you know, and also if I'm, you know, if I'm arriving like rush hour through the evening or the night and I don't know the city that I'm going to, I'm not venturing out in the dark, you know, to a, a CVS or a Walgreens you know, or like store. Um, but again, I, what I do is I put that in the a real good sealed, um, you know, I, liquid yes, container yes. and and then I wrap it in like Ziploc bags type of thing. And I put it, you know, I put it in like, 
you know, between washable clothing in my check bag because of the fact that at least that gives me enough distilled water for two or three nights in my CPAP. Well, my girlfriend just went to Hawaii in, in uh, January, and she has vision, but she also has a daughter who's visually impaired. But mm -hmm. she has a BiPAP machine now, and she was yep. freaking out. And I said, Linda, do exactly what I did and what you do. I said, you don't have any problems. Right. So I'm glad thank to hear you. that, and I will tell her that. Thank you very much. No, thank you. And just a reminder, um, was that Jane or Janet? No, it's me, Jane. Oh, hey, Jane. Um, so a reminder, you can put your sealed um, distilled bottle um, in your check-in. It's the carry-on they don't want you to do. So you want to That's what I just said. That's what I just said, yeah. Yeah, I heard you. I just wanted to repeat it again because... I'm going to ask a question. What if you don't check a bag? Exactly. Well, if you don't check a bag, then please call TSA Cares. Please call yes, TSA Cares in that situation to say that you have to have the distilled water in your carry-on bag. Okay. Because I never had a problem, but she had a problem just this January. Yeah. And she was no, and, and, no, and thank you for letting me know that because I've never had a problem either because um, I always try to carry a small one um, similar to like my saline solution for my contact lenses. You know, I carry yeah. a small one in my carry-on bag. So right. I, I've got at least one night. Yeah. Exactly. That's the whole thing. Thank you very and much. Jane and Jane, another thing you can do is also make arrangements for the hotel. Um, they can assist you as well. American, um, as a, yeah, I've been successful in making arrangements for some patients where the guest services of the hotel um, right. will help you. I haven't had any problems yet, but she did. And I even went on a cruise with her and her husband. And I had a CPAP, he had a BiPAP before she got one and we even called ahead in the cruise line every so often make sure we had a bottle of distilled water. So yeah. Yeah. The know, best thing the best thing that we're lucky. But I just thinking about the future because hopefully next year I'll be going on a cruise and going to conventions and things. So thank you very much. Thank you. And anybody that really needs to use TSA cares because it's a good it's a good service. Yeah please and breathe in that good Falmouth air for me. <laughs> Thank you so much, Allison. What do we have in the waiting room? What are we waiting for? How many Wait. hands? Right now we have three hands up. And okay. Our next hand is Marty. Hey, Marty. How you doing? Where are you calling from? Uh, actually, I'm calling from Ben Salem near Philly, and I just got home from a four-month cruise. Wow. It was a world cruise. So um, my question is, is it is it good idea to um, is it a good idea to have your endocrinologist give you a letter that you can put like in your carry on or something, you know, in, in your bag that you're going through the, uh, you know, that you're going on the plane with? Because I do that for my CPAP, um, my uh, pulmonologist you know, wrote me a letter that I use a CPAP. And I was wondering if, if an endocrinologist wrote a letter, you know, that you are a diabetic and that you need such and such supplies or ha are going to be carrying such and such supplies with you. Marty, that's personal choice. I mean, you can if it makes you feel better, but you don't need to because we actually have specific screening procedures 
for all of our officers um, on you know, CPAP BiPAPs as well as um, supplies for uh, diabetics and many other medical conditions. So in that situation, you know, that's personal preference of whatever makes you feel most comfortable. Well, um, you know, we, have, we have millions of women who opt out of technology when they're pregnant to not go through technology. Some of them bring letters from their OBGYN. But part of it is that our, our TSA officers um, are going to go with whatever the traveler asks for in that situation. Uh, well, I think the reason I think the reason I did the CPAP, because I used the CPAP much sooner than when I was a diabetic, since like 2004. Okay. And yep. I know back then um, they took CPAP machines apart. They treated them like laptops. And they actually Understood. took them out of the back. Yeah, right. I don't think they right. do that now. Years ago, I, I, can't, I don't even want to know the horror stories, right? Because <laughs> I was still in Boston at a major university at that point. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Well, thanks. That makes sense, Marty. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Marty. Um, Marie, um, a question that was asked. Um, so some of us travel with our meds already in the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday organizers. What? Oh, or we do. Um, we have accessible pharmacy that will put our meds in packs. Um, how does that work? Because I believe, I don't remember what year, but I recently traveled and the TSA agent said, please next time make sure your your meds are in the bottle with the prescription. And I said, oh, my bottles are in my check-in. And he said, that's a new thing. Can you explain that? Um, that is not correct. And I, I mean, I don't know what that officer was talking about. That's a one-off. That's, that's okay. a one-off. That doesn't make so, any sense because of the fact that many people, um, you, I mean, of all ages and all abilities use those pill boxes. Uh, you know, even people who are on keto diets and whatever, taking supplements and things. Um, so in that situation, uh, no, because there's, there's no way that many people would be able to have all those bottles in their carry-on. So if I go through TSA to go to Schoenberg, I'm gonna say, call Marie. <laughs> If you have any questions on how my meds are packed, okay. right? And they, won't, right, and they no, and they won't, and they won't. Then no, and they're going to be. Able, we don't call Marie or anybody <laughs> else, but thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Terry, yeah. I'm on to you now. <laughs> um, this is great, Allison. Let's keep going. Any more hands raised? Oh yes, ma'am. Next there up, we several. have. Yeah, <laughs> Darrow is next. Darrow? Okay, good evening, all. Um, my question for Marie is that I've encountered inconsistency with TSA agents when I go through the metal detector with my guide dog, and my guide dog harness has a metal handle. I found that most agents are clueless what to do, and sometimes they've told me different things. I said, nah, that's not the way I've done it before, and I told them the way I've done it before, and they say, okay. So it seems like the but the TSA officers I've encountered have zero training in how to get a guide dog through the metal detector. Could you comment on that, please? Um, I will comment on that, Darrow, but here's something else I'd like you to do for me, please. Okay. I, I'd, like, I'd like you to email me directly um, 
because I want, I, I what I want to do is, is because you're not the first person that's told me about a guide dog service animal issue with the harness. And, and again, what, what triggered in my head was the fact that when you talked about, you know, the, the metal in the harness, and that should not make a difference because it's a service animal, it's a guide dog. Um, but in that situation, that you should not be getting differing information because again, there are procedures for the officers to learn and understand um, for service animals, just like they are for medications and insulin pumps and syringes and, and everything else um, in that situation. So um, the fact that you've been getting differing information and the fact that you, you um, the fact that you've been told different things specific to this, I'd like I'd like you to I mean I'd, I'd like you to email me so that we can have um, a conversation and I can get some details because I want to be able to go to our screening procedures branch and give you information um, for you to be able to use should you encounter that again in traveling. Okay, Marie? that sounds good. And I know Terry has your email address, so I'll get it from her. Okay, um, Marie, I was just going to ask, can you please um, share your email? I we will. I'm going, to do two, I'm going to do right. two things. I'm, I'm going to put okay. it in the chat, and I'm going to um, I'm going to say it out to everybody. One second. Okay. And everybody. So, okay, Terry, you got to stop talking. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> thank you. Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you. All right, it's M A R I E. Dot. T R O. T T I E R M A R I E dot T R O T T I E R at T S A dot D H S dot G O V. And Terry, thank you for putting up with me. Oh, no, thank you for putting up with me. <laughs> I just get so excited. Traveling Terry is my nickname, and I appreciate all the things that you guys do in TSA. It's not an easy job. All right, let's get back to uh, raised hands because I'm sure their arms are getting sore. How are we doing out there, Allison? Oh, we, we have two raised hands at the moment, Terry. And first up, we have Monica. Monica, oh. hey, how are you doing, Monica? Good, how are you? And I am from the biggest little state in the union. I am. Not a so I'm in Rhode Island and I travel. Uh, my husband and I travel an awful lot, and I uh, cannot say enough good things about Logan or uh, Providence, Rhode Island, TSA. They've all been outstanding. My question is I always just use a passport as ID and I have global entry. Do I have to keep bringing tons and tons of documents like TSA? and all that, or is that enough? That's enough. If you've got global entry and you've got your passport, uh, you do not need to bring anything else. Great. Thank you. You've just made, I'm getting on a plane in a week. You've just made my travel even lighter. Thank you. And, and, and Monica, I want to be able to come meet you the next time I'm in Rhode Island so we can have some really great food at those wonderful restaurants there. Oh, let me tell you, thank God for Johnson and Wales. Right, right. Yep, definitely. Okay, so I have to apologize. Um, Allison, are you a, oh, Marie, can you see what's going on in chat? Somebody just 
No, I, ca I can't. I can't. But, you know, I'm, I'm waiting till you give me permission. Oh, no, this is a team. Give me a high five, Marie. <laughs> high five. Here we go. Okay. Okay. So, so Dexter has asked. Let me just make sure that. Yep. Dexter has asked, what is the TSA CARES situation when you're coming back to the USA from abroad? What parts of that reentry does CARES help you through? Also, I've heard that as of tomorrow, the COVID shots are not required for foreigners to enter the USA. Is that correct? So we'll do with the first one. So the first one, if you are coming back from abroad, if you are coming back on an international flight, you are going to come back into an, an airport with my sister agency, Customs and Border Protection. Um, so again, it's TSA going out of the United States, whether it's domestic or international, and it's Customs and Border Protection, CBP, coming back in. Um, so I, I, I would say that TSA CARES is not part of CBP, so I would recommend that you go to cbp.gov for any questions that you have about their um, accessibility and disability and medical condition services. Um, and if there's any you know, questions or if you need me to connect you to somebody at CBP, you know how to find me, or at least Terry does for sure. <laughs> and we'll share this information through um, our group emails. And I'm, I'm going to share one more thing because, Dexter, I completely agree with you on your next point, that you would suggest people consider global entry instead of just TSA pre-check um, because, and it is, it's, it's less than a $15 difference now, but if you're going to make even one international trip in the next five years, then get global entry because global entry gets you um, pre-check um, for the, for, I mean, uh, for free, basically, for the same cost. So if you're even thinking of going to one, I mean, and, and you may be going to uh, a British Virgin Island, you may be going to um, someplace else where you need um, a passport that's close by, I mean, in terms of off the coast of the, of the United States, then do global entry um, in that situation because of the fact that you will get pre-check included. Um, so Dexter, thank you for putting that in there. Because I should have said that with my TSA pre-check spiel. So um, just for clarification, global entry, how do we apply for that again? Customs and Border Protection. Okay. CBP.gov. Um, and what I will tell everybody, I will do a follow-up email with all the links. So that way you guys have clip notes. <laughs> so... Thank you so much. Allison, how are we doing out there? Anybody getting tired with their hands up? Be getting a little tired, but there's just two of them. So okay. uh, first up, we have Janine. Hey. Um, so, Marie, I have two questions. Okay, Janine. Um, okay, because I like to travel a lot. Um, so I have a question about my cane. So sometimes they let me take my cane through the security scanner, the body scanner, or sometimes they'll just take it and they'll say, well, hold my hand as you walk through. And then sometimes they put it through the scanner with my shoes or whatever. So why is that inconsistent? Like why sometimes do they take it? Why sometimes do they say it's okay? And then why sometimes does it go through the thing? Is it just random the way they check your cane? Uh, Janine, it shouldn't be. 
Okay, it, it, this is this should be like the service dog um, situation. It should not be random, um, and it should not be going through the X-ray machine. I mean, and, and I understand in terms of like the the holding you your hand to get you through and whatever else, but going going through the X-ray machine with your shoes. Um, I, I, I'm literally sitting here. I'm squinching my eyes shut because of the fact that I'm not liking what I'm hearing um, in that situation. So, um, can we can we do a follow up? Can we do a follow up on this where I go do some more research on this? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, okay. Um, and I love foul mouth too. It's amazing. Okay, so my second thing is I was flying home from Denver and I cleaned my stuff out of the fridge, right? So I put all my stuff in Ziploc bags because I have trouble eating. So I put my fruits and my cheese and my, you know, I put everything in the, they were the right size Ziploc bags. They didn't go over. They were all whatever. And I put them in a refrigerator bag um, with ice because you can take ice. And I have that and I have that in my carry on and they're like, you know, so then they randomly checked me or whatever, and they had to take everything and open everything, even though they were Ziploc bags. And I'm like, okay, like, why? Like, they're like, well, in the future, you need to not take food, this much food. I'm like, okay, but I'm taking my food home from vacation. I'm not going to throw it away when it's still like, you know, when you buy a big pack of American cheese or cheddar cheese, you can bring it home, especially if you're going to a cheese farm, like when I go to Iowa. So, um, so, so is that normal for them to go through all your Ziploc bags when they're see-through and you have certain dietary needs and then take some of your food and they say you can't have it like cheese. Okay. So couple things here. Um, and again, I know this from personal experience before working for TSA. Um, mm-hmm. I always have to take snacks with me. And it's about it's about the fact that I have a very fast metabolism. And so I eat a lot. Um, and so I always pack snacks. But part of it is when your when your carry on goes through the x ray, they mm-hmm. can't see because of all that mass of food, all of those bags that they can't see. And so in that situation, it shows up on the x-ray that they that they need to go through and everything and whatever. Mm-hmm. T- saying that you had too much food concerns me because of the fact that in that situation, I understand exactly what you were what you were doing. Um, mm-hmm. But I think again, a couple things I would recommend. I mean, in terms of, um, and and again, especially for individuals you know who are um, diabetic or other medical conditions mm-hmm. who may have you know f- food dietary needs, certain foods, um, you know, and, we, and we've got this for people with you know religions in terms of people who need to eat you know kosher foods or other types of things um, in terms of taking it. Is I would just. I would in the future, um, and I'm just like you, when I come back from a vacation, um, you know, type of thing, I pack all my food and take it back home with me mm-hmm. as well, especially that really good cheddar cheese from the cheese farm and everything. Right. Um, right. Exactly, Janine. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Um, in okay. that situation, I would just say, I would have said, I would I would recommend saying something um, to the, the screening officer to say, listen, uh, this is medically necessary. If you use the term uh-huh. medically necessary in terms of food, uh, in the same way that drinks may be, um, you know, sealed drinks or whatever in that situation, um, you know, or even in, you know, in terms of sealed drink, uh, because you're taking, you know, you need to take pills before you get on the plane or whatever. But especially in terms of the food, um, part of what they're going to look at, though, is things that may be, you um, 
liquid or whatever. I don't know if you just read all the stories last week that TSA just determined that peanut butter is a liquid. Um, so really? again, yeah. So in terms of the restrictions, <laughs> but again, you were right because you had the ice packs and all that the same way that people packing baby formula or breast milk or whatever in that situation. Um, so you were paying attention to that. I just would have said something to the officer because it sounds like you had a lot of leftovers, you know, from your vacation <laughs> and needed to take them home. Um, the other thing I might have suggested, Janine, and only because I do this myself, is that may have been something that I would have like used, um, you know, like the plastic laundry bags in the hotel room or whatever, and wrapped up some things that weren't going to ruin my clothes and put them in my check bag. Not have I as much in my carry-on. I wrap my salad dressings and my wine, and those were in my check bag. Thank bags. you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. okay. Thank All right. We, we thank pack you so alike much. and think alike. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so, so much, Marie. So, Allison, do we have another hand? We do, we and and I need to let you know that we are at eight fifty-two, so we have about eight minutes left. Okay. Until the top and of I the need, hour. And I have. Uh, I need a one minute um, about something. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Who uh, it? it is telephone number four seven zero, ending in one eight six. Four seven zero. Hello. It's Les from Georgia. Hey, Les. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Yourself? We're doing good. You've got 120 seconds. What can we answer with Marie for you? Okay, I was. I was going to answer that gentleman's question about going through a metal detector. Here in Georgia, they have a metal detector for the courthouse. We were going in. And the officer says, you can't go through with your dog because the harness is metal. Immediately, I took the harness off, made my dog sit down. I gave the guy my cane and anything else metal. I walked through, and then I told my dog to follow me. My dog came through. I put the harness back on, and it was perfect. There was no problem, no arguing, no nothing. So the quickest way to do it, take the harness off, hold it in your hand with your cane or where else you got metal, hand it to them, and then walk through. You walk through first, then let your dog walk through. And we had no problem with that. And he, he said that was a good idea because he didn't even think of it. So that's how we did it with, with the metal detector here in Georgia. Thank you. So, Marie, what do you what do you, you want to comment about that? Um, well, because of the fact that that's not TSA and it's not TSA policy, I don't recommend that because that's not how TSA operates. And what Wait, if mate. it was at the airport? What Pardon what me? would have been a different experience? Well, Let's again, the, the gentleman who asked the question earlier, specific to the different information he's received, I'd like him to email me so that we're not speculating, but that I really want to address his because, again, um, you know, and, and I'm pulling up the policy right now um, in that situation. You and your service dog animal will be screened by a walkthrough metal detector. You may walk through together or you may lead the animal through separately um, on a leash in that situation. But again, the, the dog may be additionally screened in this situation, but 
but I know that there should not be a requirement of taking the, the harness off. I, I absolutely know that. Um, and so again, that's why I want that gentleman to email me and, and a situation where I understand because I've been through, I, I've been in the FBI, I've been in several other courthouses. And so I just don't want to walk through metal detector in a courthouse or another building with TSA yeah. policy, please. Yeah. And, um, there's been horror stories of, uh, different medical service dogs where it's their first time flying and this one dog um took off and we don't want to talk about what is in the waters around the airport and the dog did not survive um okay so allison we're getting close to end of time um do we have any more hands elevated not at this time terry Okay. Hey, everybody. If it always happens where you're like, oh man, I wish I would have asked or I didn't ask. So Marie, one more time, what is the best way for someone when they, you know, what's going to happen, right? Marie, they're going to be like, oh, I wanted to ask this question. Um, what is the best method of getting someone to answer them? Uh, well, well, again, I mean, do you want them, I mean, because of the fact that I'm here, do you want them to be able to email me and I'll answer them or I will get the information? Because well, again, was, if, if they, go ahead. Um, what we're going to do is we'll email out um, notes with your contact information that you want us to share with everybody. Um, but the phone number, the TSA. Um, TSA cares. Okay, that's different. That's TSA different. care. Yeah. Right. For they have that yeah. extra assistance, but we will um, we'll do some call notes together, and I'll send them out. Okay. Yeah, I'd appreciate if I could review those before they go out, please. Oh, yep. Definitely. <laughs> Thank so Terry, you. Terry, this is Tom. Becky, do you have some announcements to make before the end of the call? <laughs> oh, but Teresa does. Well, thank you, Teresa. <laughs> okay. So. Um, want to thank everyone for coming tonight and thank you allison for being such a wonderful host and thank you larry for streaming all of tonight's call and thank you again maria marie um for joining us tonight it was such an interesting topic i'm sure everybody could keep coming up with more questions for you and for those of you interested in becoming a part of acbda you can go to our website which is acbda.org and under the membership you can pay your yearly dues and which is only ten dollars um if at any time you have any questions or need assistance please feel free to send us an email at acbdaorg at gmail.com and terry if you want to get that phone number out we have two minutes to get it out well, Marie, I just want to say thank you so much and um, just let everyone again um, hear where you are responsible for how many airports? Just 450 now? We only have 450 federalized airports. Exactly. And right. how many flights every day? Um, again, that's the airlines. And so we're not going to comment on those numbers. Um, I did just notice Becky is in here and she has her hand raised. Go ahead, Becky. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to everyone. I'm sorry I had to miss tonight, but I will go back and listen to the recording. Um, but I want to quickly shout out Sugar Warriors is on the move. Um, so if you haven't joined the team or have not gotten a t-shirt, 
reach out to us. We will be glad to help you get part of it. Um, I lost track of where we were, but we were over. Tom, help me where we are on the amount. Over 4000 Yeah, we're well over $4,000. Yep. Yep. So please feel free to join us. We'd love to have you on the team. And there are plenty of t-shirts um, still available to be purchased. <laughs>